You're listening to the Dental Sherpas Podcast, where we make it easier to transform your practice, get out of the chair, and into the life you want. Well, welcome everybody back to another episode of the Dental Sherpas Podcast. We're so glad that you're here uh, and listening to us. Uh, as always, it's Matt Kennedy with my uh, great friend and co-host, Dr. Cedric Lewis. Hey, Ced, thanks for being back uh, on another podcast. How you doing out there? I'm doing great. It's good to be on with you again, buddy. Yeah, man. Well, we're in the depths of uh, the Arctic blast here, as a lot of the country is. And oh uh, we're in Nashville, Tennessee, with, you know, several inches of ice and several inches of snow on top of that. So uh, yeah. we're, it's a dream for the kids. They're out of school and we're having fun yeah. sledding. But uh, I think yeah. the parents are ready for ready for things to change. And and how much snow do you guys have out there in Hawaii, Sid? <laughs> Let me look out the window. Mm, zero. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, as always, uh, you're doing dentistry in paradise there, my friend. Right? It's not, not a bad way to go. Not a bad way to go. Well, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited about today's topic. Uh, and as a way to get started, why don't you introduce the topic a little bit? Because I know yeah. you came across something that, that uh, made you think about something you want to talk about today. So tell us a little about that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, one of the things I, you know, I like to do is I consider myself a young guy, even though I'm over 50 now, but I consider myself a young guy with a lot of young active pursuits and I, I was reading through men's journal you know we all if anyone knows men's journal it's a great you know men's magazine about like you know men's lifestyles and activities and things to get yourself uh, into one of the articles was about uh, things not to do in your ascent to everest like all the things that can get in your way of problems you could run into it was like a list of five things that you shouldn't do these five things if you want to climb Everest. And I thought to myself, thinking like, hey, well, you know, we've got this dental Sherpas and our moniker is, you know, we got to climb the top of that mountain to basically from a standpoint of a practice. And I thought there's got to be a connection there. You know, this, even though I have this, you know, five-year-old intellect, it's like sometimes I can put these things together, Matt, and kind of make it valuable for other people. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. You yeah. sent me the article yeah. and it was a really good yeah. article kind of written yeah. from uh, a guy who's been up and down several times. And yes. it, basically he was saying, hey, here's what I've learned. Like these yeah. are the areas that you got to stay out of if you want to yeah. successfully climb Everest. And so uh, the same is true in your dental practice, right? Uh, if, we're if we're climbing the mountain of getting out of the chair, whether that's exiting the practice and selling it, or as we like to uh, really help folks see staying in the practice, retiring in the practice, there are right. some landmines to avoid uh, on the way up. So I love that article and I love your thought process here. So let's talk about some of those. What's number one? Yeah, number one, I'm going to say, and this is something that's critical and probably the most important part is like one of the biggest landmines or problems I see a lot of docs run into is they don't have a clear path to their goals and mission of the practice. They're kind of operating in this, boy, I hope it happens. Or, hey, if I just kind of show up to work and just work hard, it's all going to work its way out. But I think one of the biggest important things we have to do, you have to make yourself a clear path of where your practice needs to go, how you envision it being, what is going to be the of the practice where do you think you're going to grow from a standpoint of the next month the next quarter the next year these are very clear objectives you have to have a very clear view of the people in your organization so you can truly know where you're going as an organization as a practice together how do you uh recommend folks kind of going about starting that process yeah so the way and the most important thing is I would really recommend is this goes from an individual standpoint. I'm going to encourage doctors. I don't think many do this. I thought it was just normal. Every guy who wants to run a practice does this, but I'm finding it doesn't get done. It's to spend some time on your own pen and paper or a computer, whatever you like to do, and literally write down what do you envision 
in your practice, where do you want to go? Like, what is the, what's the beautiful outcome? What's the optimal practice look like in your eyes? And simply list those things down. I was just talking to a doctor today from Florida. I'm saying, man, get a nice bottle of red wine, get away from the noise, sit down, just write down what are those things you envision? Give me four or five things that you really think are going to be critical for you to get to the practice of your dreams and start there, right? And then at that point, you'll have a clear idea of where you want to go. The next step would be kind of, you've got a great team and hopefully you all are developing that right now and talk to your team, tell them where you want to go. Talk about things that are going to basically be important for you and where you think the organization needs to go so they can be aligned with your dream rather than just showing up and just kind of putting out fires all day. And within that confine of that meeting, we should be having to you about objectives, like where the growth needs to occur, what the numbers look like, what do you need to focus on to get to those numbers? And so there needs to be that clear path. And then from that, you'll be able to extrapolate means of a list of accountability. From that meeting, you can then go, well, here's our target. This is what we want to do. Here's how each one of you are going to fit into that particular category of meeting those goals. And then we're going to simply work from those objectives and meet regularly to make sure we're on target to hit those things. You know, those are things that have to happen. If you're not doing those things, it's just a hope and a prayer at that point. Yeah. Would it be safe to say another way to say what you're talking about is we got to start with that that objective or that end in mind scenario. And right. then that allows us to reverse engineer our process Correct. to get there. Um, I think a lot of times that I, I, I mean, in all vulnerability, I, I've I've done this in the past. I've started in reverse started with the you know the small things and the numbers and the right. uh, and tried to build it the other way instead of going and out and saying hey here's exactly where we want to go and now how do we reverse right. engineer uh, in order to get there so yeah correct so, yeah, so yeah and, I, does, that's I, and I've ended up yeah, I'm ahead. sorry I, I've ended up then just spinning my wheels a lot um, yep. because it's I don't I don't have the clear um, objective it's like it's like i'm i don't know where to aim my bow and arrow right but i know i got a bow and i got an arrow i built a bow and i built an arrow but i don't know where we're aiming it right (laughs) right that's your point yeah and and exactly the point that's why i think a lot of times some people get so focused on processes and numbers and minutia to your point man and i'm I'm, I'm the same boat man i get myself caught in that that kind of i always use my word the circle of dysfunction right i'm always trying to sometimes get mired in that but oftentimes always have to catch myself and go wait a minute why am i doing this what's what's the end goal what's the big picture what am i trying to accomplish and that for me i think is something that we don't do enough so that's why i encourage you number one in my list know where you're going know where you're going that's perfect great what's number two number two and this is important we talk about going to the minutiae if you're not tracking your progress, if you don't have KPIs, if you're not having metrics, if you're not really following how the practice is doing and actually seeing on, in general a dashboard of the performance of the practice, you have no idea where you're going. There's no way for you to pivot and learn. Like you, you have no way of, like, of looking how your, your, your car, so that your practice, your, your vehicle is actually moving in the right direction or not. So oftentimes when I do talk to doctors, when I'm asking questions about things in their practice and they don't have metrics, they don't have KPIs, I, my first question will be, well, how do you know what's going on then? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, in order to kind of grow the company, you have to basically know on a regular basis how it's performing. You need metrics, you need KPIs. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of takes it, it takes it out of the theoretical world, right? It takes that vision Correct. and turns yes. it into a really clear, tangible roadmap. And I get the same thing. I start talking to doctors and we start asking them certain questions about what's happening in their practice. And it all becomes about philosophy and not about, well, no, 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 like yeah. this is a number we need to track. And it's interesting right. that you don't know that number off the top of your head. Like that, that's something right. That, right. That, right. that we need to know those, those five or six things, right? That makes sense. Right. Great. Yeah. Yep. So Absolutely. Uh, what's number three? 
Number three is not valuing the people component, you know, and, mm. and embracing the idea of start building teams and not just teeth anymore. And so mm. I speak from personal experience on this. I learned the hard way. Mm. And it wasn't focused on people. When I was kind of focused on the growth in the beginning of my career, I was a hard charging, let's just pull each other up the mountain. We're going to get to the peak. But unless you're valuing the people, unless you're sharing the vision and asking them to join you and go side by side and, and, and embrace the idea where you're going, unless you take the time to ask questions of what's in their hearts, what's in their, their minds, what's in their ambition, how do you meet their goals? Unless you're taking into account the goals and dreams of the people with you, then you aren't going to be able to make it. Because I oftentimes have found, and this is what I've learned through personal you know, failure, was that when you're truly focused on just yourself, when it's just driven by your ego and your own ambition, and you're not looking at whatever, how other people benefit from that, that is a sure sign of failure for you. Right. Absolutely. Well, and it leads to um, great expense to the company because turnover becomes rampant. Um, in a practice like that, because as much as we want people to, to rally around our mission, we forget that first, when they wake up in the morning, they have to rally around their own mission and answer their yes. own questions of what are they doing this right. for to go work That's for true. you, right? Right. Um, and so without that, they're, they're going to go find that somewhere else. Uh, we're just, Absolutely. We're, we're, yeah. we're, built, we're built for that. Yeah. So I, so I think it's so important that, you know, I think part of the leader's responsibility is you have to obviously have a clear mission where the company's going, but a lot of your time and thought needs to be thinking about how can I actually align our company vision with the visions of our team within, within that business or practice? Like I'm oftentimes thinking to myself, well, how do I go about creating that model, that practice, that philosophy, that mission that really rallies people around a common goal that's bigger than themselves? That's what I usually focus on because ultimately, and we talked about this before other podcasts, people want to be a a part of something that's bigger than themselves, but mm -hmm. it's on par. It's the responsibility of the leadership team to understand that and always be cultivating that kind of atmosphere for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting as I'm looking at uh, your list, and I think it's a fantastic list. Um, you know, the no, uh, getting a clear path that takes some time and some energy and some effort to sit down and do that, but that's not that hard, right? You know what's no. happening inside of you. Um, yeah. Tracking progress, tracking those KPIs, that's not that hard either, right? It's just knowing what you're looking for and knowing how to gather that data from your practice management software and, and doing something like that. But this third one, yeah, this building teams, this is where I see the fatalities happen yep. on this Absolutely. climb, right? Yep. Yep. Um, because it is such a new and different skill set. Uh, for yeah. folks to have to learn. It takes effort. It takes work. It takes oh, yeah. finding mentors. It takes reading books. It takes mm -hmm. listening to people. It takes, it takes a lot of personal work to grow uh, into that leader. And that, and it, but it's so critical, right? Again, oh. it's where yeah. the fatalities happen on this climb. Absolutely. I mean, and one thing you forgot to mention is patience. I think that's the one thing you have to build into that level of leadership is being able to understand that basically in order to get us to that point, there's going to be a lot of tripping and falling, a lot of mistakes you're going to make and understanding to keep yourself moving forward with all the things you're going to basically be faced with. Because in order to build pe people aren't easy, man, they come from all kinds of different things going on in their lives that are a lot more important than you believe it or not. Sometimes we have this belief in leadership when, oh man, I've got this great practice and they're lucky to be a part of it. But ultimately we have to get very patient with the fact that these are people. These are people with feelings and emotions and, and things going on that, that require their attention. But I think the important thing is to realize 
realize as long as you can provide them, again, that bigger picture, that being a part of something bigger than themselves, that becomes a great rallying cause that pulls them back at the end of the day. So they continue to kind of want to be aligned with them. Yeah. Yeah. It really yeah. is a brave, it's a brave endeavor, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, to do yeah. what I've heard you say in the past to go shift from building teeth to building teams, right? Exactly, you know, exactly. Um, and yeah. as we've said before, go from just honing your skills in the chair to owning the skills in your in your heart, you know, uh, yeah. of, of like trying to change and be a people person. So that's that's yeah. a great one. It's a tough one. Um, and so glad it's on the list. Hey, what's number four? Number four, it's uh, basically the mistake you can make is you, know, you don't scale processes, you scale superstars. What I mean by that is, if you're focusing on trying to find the next superstar in your company or trying to find the next great producer or to try to find some kind of technology or some kind of uh, you know, procedure that's gonna be a superstar methodology of growing the practice, I'm gonna be very worried for you because I don't think that's something you can scale or for that to grow with because the biggest challenge we are gonna run into when you depend on special egos or special procedures or, or the shiny objects, so to speak, that becomes a, I hate to tell you this, very unsustainable. Yeah. And so what I would challenge you all to think is like, get focused on the processes of the office that makes you guys do so well. Like what has got you to the point of growth? What has been successful to allow the practice to grow? Focus on that. And then when you find those really special ways of how you do things, basically make a standard operating procedure behind it. So that basically as the company grows, you can bring new people into the company and they can understand how you do things. They can understand the process. They can understand the, the philosophy and they can continue to multiply that. So there's a great book out there called Multipliers. And a lot of what they do in that is kind of creating a culture of processes and people that can multiply the successes of the company and not rely on a special individual or a special process or a special technology to basically be the way of success in that particular company. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, what I think of when you say that is I think of my back to my Sunday school days uh, when we learned about the parable or the song about the uh, uh, the man who built his house on the sand versus the man who built his house on the rock. Right. Uh, and nobody's saying and I don't hear you say this. So correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. Nobody's yeah. saying that you discourage superstars in your practice. Oh, no. Right? But what yeah. we're saying is many times we see dentists that are looking for the superstar to fix all of their problems in the practice. And right. a lot of times I hear doctors using that as a reason to not focus on number one, two, and three that you just listed. They're like, well, I right. can't find, I can't find good associates. Yeah, I can, right. you know, right? Don't you hear that a lot? Well, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I tried an associate before yeah. and he or she didn't pan out, right? And what they're really saying is they're playing their hand. They're saying, I, I, I'm in the superstar business, not yeah. in the process and system business, right? Right, so, absolutely. Absolutely yeah. correct. Yeah, and so your point is absolutely valid. I think the challenge is that there's a certain belief out there that if you find the right person or the, you know, or the right talent out there, that that's going to be the reason you're going to have success. And to your point, exactly. If you have to basically get to the point where you think you have to rely on that, you're right. You haven't worked on the top three things in our list. If you get to that point where you realize you have to go about getting mission, you have to go about getting clear path to the objectives you're going. You've got to track where the company's going. 
you've got to work on the people component. When you understand those three things, it's easy to understand, okay, well, the next thing I need to do is to leverage all those successes and then basically create a culture, a process that's going to allow us to grow basically exponentially without having to look for the shiny object or the, or the phenomenal doctor or the phenomenal hygienist or that great leader or executive that you need get into the company you start to develop a phenomenal business model and things grow from that perspective for you yeah yeah it's like uh you know to use a sports analogy university of alabama they're able to now attract i think this year they said they signed the best recruiting class in the history of college football and somebody recorded nick saban's pitch like a, a a recruit nick saban did his recruiting pitch over zoom and the the recruit recorded it and Uh and in the pitch nick saban was saying hey look playing time's overrated (laughs) yeah everybody wants playing time and you'll go to another school just because they promise you playing time playing time's overrated we've had got guys you know who have barely played or played a quarter of the time that they would have played at other schools and they're drafted number one uh, mm-hmm. or first round draft picks, right? Because right. our process does this thing. So they've built and they've worked on this process and now to carry my analogy that they are now attracting those superstars uh, to right. them in a real and simple way versus yeah. building your business on sand is going the opposite way. If we can just get that superstar and right. we'll just rely, overly rely on them, when they leave, the business crumbles or you're Absolutely. left just you know, scrambling, you know? Um, yeah. so, um, so really what I'm hearing you say is focusing on scaling those processes creates an environment that attracts superstars because yeah. they know they've got this system to plug into. And therefore that protects you as the business owner, because you know, now that if a superstar leaves, they're re- replaceable, if that's the right word, right? The, the, no, business you're right. Can, you're right. the business can continue to thrive with the superstar or without the superstar. Absolutely. So it's that peace of mind you're talking about. You're, you're creating systems that allow, and I think that's a wonderful thing you just made. I didn't really think about that, but creating processes like that actually attracts the superstars. And so I'm really worried about, I got to find those guys, unless you inherently as a company create that kind of model and that kind of environment, you know, you're probably not going to get the greatest people showing up to see you. That's right. That's right. Great. And number five, man, number five. Number five. Now, this is what I like a lot. This is something that I kind of find when I do meet those doctors who are on the right track, but unfortunately, there's some ego involved. So I'm going to say number five is don't believe your own hype. Uh, Hubris is your enemy. That's the fifth one. So what I want to bring up there is that oftentimes what I see holding doctors back from getting next level is they, to quote from the famous Tony Montana from Scarface, don't get high in your own supply. You know, Uh, the reality is that you are basically sometimes in that rarefied air where you're doing great. The company's doing great and you start to think that you're the reason it all happened you're the reason your energy your magic sauce whatever you want to call it has been the secret to your success that is the sheer fire way of basically taking your company and basically headed down a very steep peak because what ends up happening is that becomes for lack of a better term your modus operandum that becomes your definition of yourself that becomes how you're actually representing yourself to other people and people aren't dumb they they buy it they know what's happening when that occurs so I'm always telling doctors and always telling leaders, you have to have a certain level of humility and a certain level of gratitude. That needs to be daily in your interactions. That needs to be daily in your messaging. That needs to be on a regular basis shown to the people who are helping you build that company. Because what I have learned very, you know, very succinctly is that when you start to forget those things, when you start to get into the belief that you're this like shining star that basically people orbit around, that's the way that your company starts to degenerate itself. Because what ends up happening is you forgot what got you there. 
So again, what I'm really a big believer is like, never get to the point where you start to feel that you just said you're infallible, that you basically are going to be able to do it, do it wherever you go. I think I'm always trying to tell docs, if you really want to grow, get to the point where you empower your leaders, where they're the superstars, you know, and all you need to be is basically just someone who's an encouragement mentor and cheerleader. That's what I love to do. So what I would tend to tell people that as they tend to get that growth going in their companies really focus on the idea like how do you go about giving all the credit to everyone else and taking a lot less credit you know for yourself that would be something i'd like to challenge and encourage people to consider doing yeah and it and it gets so it's so corrosive because it ties into number four right you as the leader start believing you're the superstar right and it totally goes against the processes and the system that you've built, if you've built processes and systems. Mm -hmm. And it's a, um, there's an energy and there's a, uh, a uh, miscommunication or you're communicating two separate things. You're speaking out of both sides of your mouth to your team. Correct. You're saying, hey, Correct. this is all about the system and the team and all of that. And yet over here, you're not really living that out because you believe that it's really more about you Right. Um, and you've started believing your own hype uh, and those kinds of things. And so it becomes corrosive to the team. The, the team feels crazy, if that's the right word. Yeah. They're kind of they're yeah. heads looking around going, what, what is this guy really about? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And one thing I didn't add to the list I want to add, Matt, just that, that tag I put about hubris is your enemy. Oftentimes, I also see this happen with a lot of great leaders especially guys who are successful dentists in our industry, you start to believe because you're successful in your practice that you're going to be successful everywhere else. So I see it ah. all the time. I'm sure you do too. Yes. Man. Where you have the guy who goes, well, I'm a phenomenal dentist. I'm a phenomenal dental uh, practice owner. I should open a pizza shop. Right. Or, hey, I should open like, hey, I'm Grim. I'm going to open a couple of restaurants. Or, hey, I'm going to start getting to this. I'm going to get into that. I'm just going to, everywhere my hands touch, I'm, I'm King Midas. Everything I touch is gold. <laughs> I see it happen a lot. And so my point is being, man, I have just got to the point where, I just want to be humble. I know what my gifts are. I know, for lack of a better term, what I feel comfortable affecting people. In the world. But I know that's in my world. I know that's in the dental practice. I know that's in developing people leaders. I know that's in how I can interact with people and improve their life. But I'm not going to go out there and tell people that I'm going to suddenly open another business or another industry simply because I've been successful in one industry. But uh, I think that's a big challenge that leaders all need to think about. Don't get high in your own supply. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So, well, I think these are great landmines for folks to uh, um, avoid in their climb out of the chair. And any one of these can can be fatal, as we've said, catastrophic. So, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to put those down, and we hope that uh, it helped folks out there. Um, this sure is hope this, so. uh, yeah, this is really <laughs> yeah. good stuff. So, so thanks again for another great episode. Hey, to our listeners out there, thanks for hanging with us. We are uh, excited to uh, to help you. Again, just want to point you towards our website. Um, it's www.dentalsherpaspod.com, dentalsherpaspod.com, and we want to interact with you there. And we look forward to seeing you on. Uh, different episodes. Uh, and our next episode, we've got some more interviews lined up for you. And we're excited to bring in more folks from the dental community uh, to help you in your journey. So with that, we'll sign off. Thanks, Ed. Okay, thank you, Matt. Hello, everyone. Hey, docs, Dr. Sed Lewis here. We're always looking to add great docs to our team. What we have created is a practice that's literally built for you to shine. Hey, and guess what? You get to practice dentistry in paradise here in Hawaii. If you're at all interested, and are exploring a position in our practice, please contact me at drlewis.com. 
That's Dr. Period Lewis, L-E-W-I-S at Kokua, K-O-K-U-A, smiles.com. Love to hear from you. Can't wait to speak to you.